Welcome to Design by Us, the show where it takes us like two or three times to start an episode. I know, right? I know. Fuck no. no. <laughs> um, anyway, so we just before this we said we are not going to ask how are you doing anymore because it's it's quite the, like not the greatest start. So, Ravi, do you think humans are going to end the the life on this planet? It depends how you define life. You know, there'll always be some cockroaches like crawling about somewhere. I think no matter what we do to to the world and to the planet. And actually what I was thinking about the other day was, you know, people people kind of think about like environmentalism as being kind of like a like a do-gooder kind of like, you know, attitude or a point of view, you know what I mean? It's like somebody who just wants to be so nice to the world or whatever, but everybody, and this is why it's so important, but like, you know, environmentalists and like people in like XR and Extinction Rebellion and that kind of stuff, you know, they're, 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 they're selfish. They're acting in self, their own self-interest, which is to survive and to keep other humans alive as well survival you know what i mean so it's like i was thinking about that the other day like in many ways it's like the most kind of like do you know what i mean do you see what i'm trying to get at there like i'm not saying that they're selfish people of course not but my point is is that it's driven from a a place of of human selfishness which is it's the right point of view right you know if if you don't do this then you know we're not going to be around in you know however many years it's going to be but it's just interesting i don't think it's selfishness though i think it's more like survival but yeah, I would survival. slightly disagree yeah. with you, but yeah, maybe but it's yeah. the wrong word. Maybe it's the wrong word. But do you see what I mean? Like, it's you, you can push selfishness for anything, but yeah, I agree. So yeah, let, let's get to it because I feel actually, I to be honest, I like starting with asking deep, deep questions. questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, clearly you don't like the answer, but we'll move on anyway. That that puts us puts us in the right mood. Um, mm. What are we talking about today? Nothing. Yeah, great job. You really wanted to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. How does it feel? It feels brilliant. Does it feel good? Nice. Okay. We're actually talking about the company Nothing. Um, the, the the one founded by Carl Pei, the co-founder of OnePlus. And Ravi and I wanted to go deeper into why would someone go out of their way to build Nothing? Yeah, I agree. I Pun agree. intended. Huh? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, um, but let's actually go go straight straight into the facts. And uh, I'm just going to list like, here a, a really quick timeline so everyone has the context needed. For the conversation. So basically, in January 2021, Carl Pei, the co-founder of OnePlus, announced the company Nothing. Then in February, the company announced a partnership with the Swedish company Teenage Engineering to produce the design aesthetics of their products. Any thoughts on that company? Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely get to it, but I want to know what they did once they made that partnership. Yeah. Okay. Uh, really interesting company. Check the link in the show notes. Then in July 2021, Nothing announced the Ear One the first product, which were wireless headphones. Then in October 2021, the company raised up to five, sorry, about $50 million. Then in March 2022, they announced the first smartphone with their own OS, uh, which is called the Phone One. And then finally in April 2022, just a few days ago, nothing raised 3.5 million euros in less than 10 minutes through Crowdcube. Wow, that's crazy numbers, crazy yeah. numbers. Very interesting. I, and I think they broke their own record again, supposedly. Everyone likes to say they break their record and they create their own records, right? So, yeah. You might be the person who recorded the most podcast episode in this building. You broke the record, <laughs> right? Yeah, anyway. no, no. I mean, maybe there are not, not too building. many. <laughs> maybe not in this building, but certainly this room. But it's interesting, actually. And, and I think one of the reasons we're talking about it is because, you know, for me, from like, if, if you put a business hat on, it's it's a European competitor to, to Apple. Uh, that's, that's the way a lot of people are talking about it. And traditionally, you know, these guys make hardware. Traditionally, we don't get hardware manufacturers in 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 England, in London, in the UK, in Europe in general, right? It's not really the type of companies that are founded here. 
Uh, I think Carl Pei is, is Chinese uh, born, but Swedish. Uh, I held Swedish Swedish citizenship. Um, so for me, like, just it's just really cool that like all these big companies that we traditionally associate with either being American or Chinese, you know, actually there's one in in Europe, which which I'm pretty I'm pretty jazzed about. I think that's pretty cool. And, I think uh, it would be better if this company was from Watford. What do you think? If it if it if it was from Watford, then you know it would be unstoppable. You know, say goodbye to your Androids. Say goodbye to your iPhones. It would just all be what phones instead. Uh, it'd be unstoppable. If. Elton John is Only from Watford, you know? Yeah. You know, that was just Watford. Elton John of smartphones. Exactly. It's just Watford warming up. <laughs> just, just, just for context, the vision or, and the mission of this company is to, I'm quoting here, to remove the barriers between technology and people to create a seamless future. A yeah. future where technology is so integrated in our lives that it feels like nothing. Yeah, what do you think about that? Like that kind of vision statement? I, mean, I feel they did their branding homework. Okay, They yeah, did yeah. a really good job, I think. Yeah, do you reckon they did um, the same um, brand sprint that we did? <laughs> they probably did, yeah, Scott. <laughs> hey, Scott, thanks. Thanks well, for it's this. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it's they probably did that. It's, it's yeah, interesting, cool. actually, because well, like, when, I, when I read that as well, like, I was thinking, like that is why that's why it made so much sense for them to like you know if they want to be so basically i think nothing want to become like this apple style tech company right as in you know phenomenal kind of aesthetics you know breaking the kind of uh, status quo um and and doing something mm -hmm. a little bit different um with like design at the, at the heart of it like you know if they want to create that seamless experience between you know the digital uh, and like the physical worlds like their first product wireless earphones are a great place to start. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms of that first level of integration between people and, you know, you know, it's like everyone's waiting for like the AR glasses where like our visuals will have, you know, be uh, augmented, right? But actually everyone mm -hmm. walking around with AirPods in on or, or wearing noise cancellation headphones or whatever, they're already augmenting their, their kind of, you know, auditory reality in a sense. And um, I think that's, that's pretty cool. Oh, it's pretty interesting as well, yeah. I do think that's also a quite interesting space to start because if you offer an Apple quality product at a cheaper price, I would say a lot of people will get into it. However, I was I have been thinking if you wanna, they, they, what they're actually selling here is the they're positioning themselves as the 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 underdog, as the the one against Apple, as the one of okay, I'm going against the current. Um, People will come to me because they want to be different and so on. But I feel this phone market, it's a really hard market to get into it, right? It's, it's dominated by Samsung, it's dominated by Apple, dominated by really big corporations. And it's more of a branding is important, but there is a lot more to that than this. It's a more supply chain, logistics, manufacturing, great software. Like there is a lot more that they need to figure out. And I'm not sure they will, they will be able to do it that quickly. All right. So well, I'll tell you I, what. I've let's been... talk. Let's talk about. Let's talk about their first product then, and then we'll we'll use that to get into the first. Right. Stuff. What do you reckon? Yeah. So so that so, so the they're basically. I think. Um, have you ever bought um, nothing ears, uh, which is their true wireless um, earbuds, like basically AirPods style product? Have you ever seen them? Use them? Anything I've like that? I've seen them. I haven't used them, yeah. but I've seen them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, okay I've cool. actually saw someone that sits next to me at work mm -hmm. has one of those. Mm -hmm. And what were you yeah. just looking at the person? They look really cool. Just, just kind of weirdly, just like staring at them, like. No, I saw the case. I saw the case, and uh, I, yeah, we had a nice conversation. Um, they look a bit bulky, to my in my opinion. The the case is a bit bulky. It looks cool. 
the transparent case in I think it looks really scratched, you know, when you have your AirPods case, because it's why you don't really get to see them, but when you put them against the right light, you see the scratches. I feel with that transparent case will it, it will it will it will lower the quality of the of the case over time. Maybe not, who knows? Um, I also like the idea of having transparent things. If you do it well and properly, it can be a nice reflection of the company, like being super transparent with your data, being super transparent with what we do, where we get our sources, being transparent with so many things. When you think about it, you also have to manufacture those type of things a little bit more meticulously. You have to worry about the, the electronics are well placed. There is no extra, um, extra glue or extra whatever they use to put them together. You need to make sure that everything is really well welded um, and really well put together pretty much. So yeah, you need to put a lot of thought into that. Let's let's get into it then, like into the actual transparency. So the, the, the Nothing Gear ones are basically are a pair of true wireless headphones. And basically feature for feature, they match something like the AirPods Pro. So they've got great battery life. They're supposed to sound very balanced and very good, but they've also got active noise cancellation. And just like AirPods, they're popped into a case and you charge that case and, 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 you know, and away you go. We'll come to pricing in a second, but they're, they're priced at only 99 quid. And mm-hmm. what Luigi's talking about there is the transparency. These uh, these kind of like true true wireless headphones, they are um, they've got a transparent case. So when you like when you ha- hold them in your hands, you can actually see through the plastic, and you can see all the like bits and pieces, the microphones, the the circuitry, the battery, you know, that goes into these into these headphones. And actually, the charging case itself is also transparent as well. So kind of yeah. that that kind of that element of transparency is there. Uh, it kind of looks like. Um, I don't know if you've ever had one of these. I think Game Boy Colors, you could you could buy uh, kind of with a transparent yeah. case. But they had a real problem trying to uh, polish the magnets. Because uh, usually, you know, in your AirPods case, all the magnets, they're covered up with plastic. You don't have to care. But because they're on show here, they had to make sure the magnets were polished. And actually, they went to two factories. And two factories were like, no, we're just not doing that. Please go away. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of interesting. It's like It's like walking around without any clothes on. And you've got to make sure that underneath you've got the perfect physique, you know, like I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could tell. <laughs> I can confirm that, listeners. Um, all right. Enough of Ravi's intimacy here. Um, and yeah. to some extent, uh, what do you think of this? I feel that until some extent, nothing... Let, let, let's forget about what, what comes after the earphones. But until some extent, nothing has said has been using something that I call the Tesla formula, which is... Right now, I'm still defining and, and still figuring that out, but it's basically producing some. I think some I think sort of, I think Tesla is still still defining it as well and working that. Yeah, out. still def- exactly. Yeah, but it's it's kind of like going against a big, big corporation or not a big corporation, a big a, a market that is really hard to get into by producing a really high end innovation that basically is so difficult to imitate by other by other companies that you will just stay ahead of the competition and you will make people switch from one place to another. And what you actually sell... But do you think this is innovation? No, but that, this is the earphones, right? So not yet. Maybe maybe the, the smartphone will be innovation. Who knows? They need a, a, a something to start quickly, right? Um, but what I, think, what, what I think they actually sell is not really the case or the earphones or the phones. It's more the, the status and, and what you tell the rest of the people when you wear them or when you have one of yeah. those devices. Yeah, I agree. I think, I, I think, agree. what do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I said we get onto pricing, right? Um, I think the fact is, is that if you've got like a feature check, check box, this, these, these nothing is, they basically tick all those, all those boxes. 
um, but they're like half the price of AirPod Pros. And I'm wondering how much of that is driving their kind of success and stuff like that. Because this is, you know, you mentioned that Carl Pei co-founded OnePlus. Like that was their kind of, that's that's how they entered the market. They were like, we're just going to get all the same features and we're just going to sell it for like half the um, and we'll yeah. make it work. And actually Carl Pei's on the record about the Nothing Gear ones is saying we should have charged a little bit more for that. And they're not making enough margin on on each on each product, which is interesting. On, on, for OnePlus? No, no, no. For Nothing Gear ones. Oh really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is interesting. Okay, that's interesting. So I'm wondering how much of this is pricing versus how much because I, I don't see innovation here. I see great design and, and a new design and a new aesthetic and great branding and a different kind of brand positioning. But like, I don't see innovation. It hasn't got features that are so diff- that are different to AirPods and stuff like that. Well, pricing might be some sort of innovation. Getting getting the right product, the right price, or a cheaper price might be some sort of innovation. But then extra functionality might come after, right? Like. That's why. That's what I mean. Is it a matter of price? Is it a matter of status? Is it a matter of functionality that we are innovating in? Um, maybe a combination of the three. I don't know yet. I guess we'll know once they release more of their products. Yeah, and it does make it does make a lot of sense for them to release more of their products because I think it's so hard for anyone to compete in the um, in this space um, apart from on price. So I've got some I've got some stats for you, Luigi, uh, when right. it comes to a true wireless headphone market. So basically, this wasn't really a market until the first set of AirPods came out which is quite interesting. In uh, billions of dollars, how big do you think the um, market size of true wireless uh, stereo earbuds is globally in one year? Um, that's a nice uh, interview question there. Let's see. So billions of dollars, a pair of earphones is... Oh, is okay. It, oh, okay. Only? No, no, this is this is just in general. This is all, okay. all, all, all of these. So that's AirPods, that's like Samsung bean things that's like... You know, crappy okay. ones that you get off Amazon for 20 quid, like anything. Okay, so let's assume the average price is 100 just for simplicity. You see pretty much, I would say around, you say maybe about 100 million people buys them a year. Say about between 1 to 2 billion? 1 to 2 billion dollars globally. Yeah, I would say 2 billion, yeah. Okay, uh, 2 billion. Okay, you're, you're yeah. kind of close. It's actually 25 billion. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually twenty five. It's actually twenty five billion. Everyone is buying these, man. Like everyone is buying these, which is crazy. And they're they're, they're saying that it's because people are consuming more content on their devices, obviously. But actually, the the rise of of social video, um, and watching streaming services on your on your phone is, has really improved. So because that that is created that need, um, for it as well. And what's been interesting, particularly in the last few years is the rise of the under $100 segment, basically. So before, true wireless headphones were kind of expensive and you could only buy expensive ones. Now there's loads and loads and loads of cheap ones. And I can see this in the real world. I was in Westfield yesterday, number of people walking around with like Jabra's, uh, which is kind of like, I wouldn't say they're a budget brand, but a cheaper brand, all sorts, you know, um, all those kinds of things. It wasn't just AirPods, whereas I'd say five years ago, it was just AirPods. So that's, that's interesting. And I think that's why these guys are taking off. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like not many people really care about the actual sound quality or the the the, the wireless, the noise cancelling features, right? So for some people, just having a nice pair of AirPods or earphones that you don't have a cable, that they are comfortable to wear, that yeah. maybe work for Zoom calls, listening to podcasts from time to time and so on, that's good, just good enough. And don't forget, phones don't have headphone jacks anymore. So you kind of don't have a choice yeah. as well, uh, yeah. which is kind of interesting, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's very true. Very, very true. And... Um, do they say how much is AirPods in this? Uh, no, they don't. Uh, no. They don't. Uh, although Apple by far um, lead it uh, in terms of revenue. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And actually, just to let you know as well, they're expecting 36% annual growth year on year from now up until like the end of the decade. So this is going to grow 36% each year. Yeah. It's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to definitely improve. Like microphones are going to improve. Insane. Yeah. They might, yeah, be get, yeah. might get smaller. Might get into a point where you don't actually need to put anything inside your ear. Maybe like something that attaches somehow around the side and uses the bone as a, as a sound conductor. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they're still they're already earphones doing that, but really cool. All right, really really cool. Um, when it comes to I, I read this article that basically nothing is bringing the 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 is bringing Adam Bates, which was the design director of Dyson for the last fourteen years. Oh, that explains so much. Yeah, so it made me think quite a lot. Is when you actually try to set up a company like this, you need to bring the right people people to lead it, right? It's not a matter of only the CEO. He might be good and all, but he needs the, the right leadership. So he was bringing Adam Bates, design director of nothing for the last of uh, Dyson for the last 14 years. And here in this, it says that Adam Adam Bates worked on uh, his team. He, he led the team of engineers and scientists to create the, mo- the Dyson's most iconic products, the Superconic and Supersonic and Airwrap, sorry as well as the company coreless vacuums and purifiers, which are like the, the key thing of the key thing of Dyson. So in short, it's actually worthwhile saying that Dyson have got like, they, they, they brought that transparent kind of, um, as they say to, to vacuum cleaners. Like, I, I don't know if you remember, but when, when, when they first started, like, um, their, their big thing was that you could see the dirt. So because, because the cylinder where the dirt would be collected was transparent. So basically, like, mm-hmm. the kind of whole thing there was like, oh, who wants to see the dirt? Like, I remember, like, my mum being like, oh, who wants to see the dirt on their Dyson? That's disgusting. But it, it actually just shows the effectiveness of the product because you're seeing the the, the yeah. dirt collect there. So it's interesting. It's really, really kind of like going back to that transparency and that honesty is quite interesting. Yeah. Plus, you can go you can go and know and you know when you don't need to clean it up, right? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly that. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, so this guy, Adam Bates... Uh, said my mission at this early stage company is to build a team and develop a design culture so we can create iconic products that will change the consumer tech landscape so how do you design a culture i i'm just so intrigued of how this company is actually building this design culture um what do you think i think it's going to be super like involved in it because it sounds like they've got loads of design people in it like they've got uh adam bates which i to be honest wasn't aware of they've also got a creative lead a bloke called jesper and I'm really sorry for this pronunciation. Kuthfud, he's he's Swedish, so uh, apologies there. Uh, and also, and also, um, and basically, he is their creative lead, founding partner. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting this from their CrowdCube page, right? So, you know, this is this is just you know verbatim what they will know. He's also head of design, founder, and CEO of a company called Teen Engineering, which which I guess we'll get back to. They've also got a guy called Tom Howard, who is head of design and founding partner. So it's like between Jesper, Tom, and Adam. They've got like three people who are like, let's make design really like a really key part of this company, which I think is awesome. But then equally, I'm wondering, well, are those guys going to get along? Like, you know, who's the most senior and, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things as well. Yeah, yeah. But let's actually jump into the design engineering for a second now. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts? Teenage I know you have thoughts there. Yeah, teenage engineering. Nice. Yeah. So basically, teenage engineering is a company that I've actually been following for a few years, although I didn't know how deep they, they, they went and how many different things they've done. Mm-hmm. So I know Teenage Engineering because they are a, um, I was a Teenage Engineer before everyone else was a Teenage Engineering. 
I heard about them because yeah yeah exactly yeah but I think maybe it's one of these companies we're going to hear a lot more about soon honestly I feel like there's something there's something going on there so basically uh, they released uh, this synthesizer called the OP1 um, back in the day like in 2010 or so uh, and they released it at NAMM and basically it's like it's the size of like your external keyboard on your on your on your Mac right you know it's that kind of size um, and it's got like a really small display on it. It's got kind of like a, it's got a really weird uh, user interface and like very quirky kind of design, but it's also a very powerful machine. And basically what's really interesting is they basically saw success in that and they create a whole bunch of other musical based projects. So they've got um, what they call uh, pocket operators, which are like, they're about the size of a pocket calculator. They're like very retro inspired. Um, and they've got sequences and stuff like that on them. So they basically can make synth, synth music with that, sorry, synthesize music with, with their products. However, what they've also done is kind of like become like a, a design agency slash kind of partner for a lot of different companies. And one of those companies is nothing. Um, and it sounds like they got their uh, their CEO kind of uh, as an investor and as a kind of founding partner as well, but behind nothing. And basically, teenage engineering allegedly, I don't know how these things work in, re- in practice, so that's what I'm saying allegedly, engineered the sound uh, and tuned the sound of the Nothing Gear ones and also have had a massive impact on their kind of product design which I think is really cool. Yeah. Talking about the product design, when they launched the company yeah. and Pay yeah. Carl Pay showed the, the concept one of the of the, the earphones, it looks very different to what they actually sent to production. Basically, he mentioned it all starts with design, which is the soul of the product. And they actually announced in oh, one wow, of the blog posts. They do the look company, very different. Yeah, they're very different. Very, very different. Um, they're actually fully transparent. I guess they, after that, they figure out, okay, how are we going to make that happen? They look more like uh, snails. Yeah, yeah. It actually looks cool. Like if you, Because they launched that and they say something cool is coming or something like that. And basically, you couldn't tell that this was an earphone. Right? Yeah, no, you're right about that. Yeah, definitely. It could have been like a capacitor or like something. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but anyway, so they released this this design criteria or design values and let's go through them and i just want to i just want to specify a few things and get your thoughts on that so yeah, yeah, number one it. um and i would actually want to benchmark them to the vision and i think that's quite interesting how they they said okay if we want to accomplish the vision of a future where technology is so so advanced and seamlessly integrated we need values that reflect that and help us get there um so what's the next step and they basically have three one three three design values which are Weightless, effortless, and timeless. In weightless, makes sense. They say here, we distill technology to the essentials. Embracing the raw tech where every gram and every byte live with purpose. We peel off everything superficial like unnecessary branding on the surface, which is quite interesting because they have a lot of... Uh... That's quite funny. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. To focus solely on what adds true value to the user experience. We spend as much time thinking about what we can remove from the product as what we can add to it. So that's a weightless. Then we go into effortless. We strive to make things simpler for the user. We want every product interaction from picking it up to turning it on to be intuitive, obvious, and natural. When designing and engineering our product, we believe form must follow function. So here it tells you a bit more, right? It's not about the, fu- the innovation won't come from the functionality. It will come from in my opinion, the status, what it means, yeah, yeah. where you have it, like what what people will think about you when they see wearing you that, right? Um, during product development, we work on countless millimeter and pixel iterations. All those iterations add up to simplify the user experience until everything feels effortless. 
And then the final one is timeless, which is quite an interesting thing because timeless designs. Can you name what's what was your favorite timeless design? Uh, probably some of like the brown, kind of like I know like alarm clocks and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What a boring timeless design, right? So you were gonna say like a Porsche something or Ferrari X? Uh, oh, I, actually, I tell you what, if we're in that realm, I just I'd say Fender Stratocaster, which is a guitar, okay. it's an electric guitar. It's like the one that Jimi Hendrix played. Like it, it, it's at home in like the '60s and the '50s as it is kind of today. Um, I think, in my opinion, from okay. a design point of view. Okay, cool. So let's go to the timeless part. Oh, for... hold on, hold on, hold on. What about you? What? For... Give me a timeless design. Yeah. You can't yeah, put me on the spot, criticize me, and then not say anything. Um, a timeless design. I would say the Rubik's cube. Yeah. Simple, straightforward, clear. You know what the what the goal you need to accomplish is. is very straightforward. It's also versatile. You can accomplish different goals, and you can iterate from that, right? So you can you can develop a concept that that inspires other people. You don't, to you, don't, you, don't, but anyway. you don't think a Rubik's cube is retro. You don't think someone looks at a Rubik's cube and thinks eighties. Yeah, and so. Doesn't that, but that that makes it an enduring design, not a timeless design. For me, timeless is a design that. Sorry, timeless means it's it will be at home in any time period. Yeah, and it's at home now, and kids are still learning how to use the Rubik's cube. You don't think they're like, oh look, this is this '80s thing or whatever, like this is the olden days toy or whatever. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. I mean, yes, it's it was created in the, in the '80s, but I don't think it's like, oh, I'm old because I'm using a Rubik's cube. Or, no, but mm, I just feel like if you went to like an '80s party, right, you would take your Rubik's cube. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like an but... '80s themed night out you take the Rubik's Cube to yeah. fit in wouldn't you take the the, the guitar but then would you, you take to like a 60s party <laughs> what and be that guy no way <laughs> <laughs> alright let's, let's go to the timeless section what they say here is the designs that are the most appealing to us are ones that consist of shapes that look natural and warm yet don't easily feel, feel outdated we have we have all had that moment where we have interacted with a product and felt that sense of wonder or surprise. That's really important part of being human and something we're always trying to balance. Concept one takes inspiration from a grandmother's tobacco pipe. Pure BS. We try, <laughs> we try to ground our objects in something familiar, which we hope will allow them to feel fresh for many years. Out of all of what they said here, I think it's everything pure BS. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Do you have any thoughts in there? In what? I mean, to be honest, everything you said though, like, just seems like good principles in general. Like, I don't know how that defines. Like, obviously, the implementation is what makes nothing different. But for me, yeah. I'm not hearing something that is like unique to. I think you can apply that to kind of pretty much any product or any company. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. But yeah. To be honest, I think timeless is more. I, if I would redefine this, I would say the timeless part is is that it's still able to create a human connection with that specific product. It doesn't matter the generation that you are in. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I think also like technology as well, like it's, it will always struggle to be timeless because it's mm -hmm. just so like, you know, you use it. And frankly, you use it, it breaks, you throw it out, right? That's the way, that's the life cycle of tech products and like, you know, you know, it's different to like buying like furniture, right? Which is gonna last, which could easily last 30, 40, 50 years. But for tech, is it gonna, is it gonna last 30, 40, 50 years? It's not, is it? I mean, it's just not going to. I don't think so. I think also, also user needs change. Technology evolves. Um, yeah. So should need, we, should we be looking of... for timeless designs in tech though? That's my point. That's my question. 
I think Should that have always been new and fresh. As and... a principle, no, I don't think so. Interesting. Because we're talking about things like like the actual function or like solving that specific user need. If you find the right user need, that that will probably still exist. Then the user might be able to solve it in some way or an, or another as things come up, like computing mm-hmm. power. That might be a user need for some people. Then things evolve. So if you if you allow for people to fix things and to mm-hmm. to improve that whole experience and how to repair, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they they would have been able if they use that idea of um, sustainability, fixing, repairability, uh, without actually going too much into the open source part. I would say they would have deposition apple all right i'll tell you what then here's a question then to, to kind of wrap up they um nothing have kind of like pre-announced um a phone right uh that's supposed to be coming this this year in 2022 um so again you could be one of those people that's like oh i knew about nothing before because you listened to this show so, which is brilliant but what would you what would you kind of advise them based on everything you know about them so far about that phone launch about what features to put into it about the way it should be designed everything like that to be honest, I mean, I, I don't have much, exp- they probably have much more experience than me in, in terms of advice and all, all of that, but I would like to make a prediction. Go on. You know, the shapes, you know, when they release their phone, just for context, they, Carl Pay said, here's the phone, and it ba- it's basically a series of shapes of like a C, some, a line, a semicircle. Um, and then he said, you might not understand, their, understand it yet, but it will make sense once you see it. Or once you have it or once something like that okay all right okay i i i, I read an online interpretation of that which was that this is they're gonna put this graphic on the back of the phone but you're saying those are the graphic elements that are gonna define the product's form i think that until some extent if they put the graphics on the phone i think that's pretty silly which could be i don't know but until some extent i see that as modularity and i think it, until until some extent they might yeah, allow the user to kind of assemble their own phone. I, I don't know. It's still a, a little bit vague, but I would say mm-hmm. I would go through, towards the idea of modularity. And that's how I saw it. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I think for, for me, I would look at them and I would say, just keep doing what you're doing. What I like about nothing is that, you know, people like look like Apple try and create like the purest form of something. They try and create the most kind of abstracted version of what a phone can be, what a mouse can be, what, blah, 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 whatever. Right. And I think it's coming across not coming across but almost it's almost like a little bit um it's almost like it doesn't have a personality and it doesn't have a point of view and and because they're just meant to blend into everyday environments create kind of seamless user experiences and i know that's what nothing say about themselves but for me what i like about nothing is that they're like you know they are it's in your face it's weird branding like they're they're called nothing you know they're not called like the first letter of the alphabet they're they're called nothing their products are like designed to be like look at me i'm see-through um, all that kind of stuff. And I love that about it. And um, I think they should keep doing that pretty much. Yeah. As a product, I'm still not sure. I haven't tried it, but I'm still yeah. not super convinced that they, they might succeed or, in- succeed or innovate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what they're actually doing is a really good branding exercise. Yeah. And I have here a... Do you remember John Wally? We, yeah, we yeah, yeah. an episode with John Wally. I believe it's yeah, episode yeah, yeah. five. So feel free to go and take a look at the show. But basically, John Wally says that building a brand is about he has this criteria building a brand is about connecting with your audience check creating a loyal community check growing your tribe check showing what you stand for check they are showing it with their products telling a compelling story check and then finally empowering your advocates 
which is somewhat yeah, which they're definitely well. doing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. definitely, definitely. So it's, it's quite interesting that they thing, they have actually, that. yeah, they have actually yeah. made their homework on their branding and made sure that they hit all those checkboxes. And I think it's more of a branding exercise here than a a full innovation. I might be wrong, but it's I think that's what they are doing. Okay. All right. Nice. Well. Yeah. Luigi, thank you for, yeah, for thank telling you, me about man. nothing. Um, just trying to think of some other puns. You know what? Actually, I've got nothing. Don't worry. Should we wrap up? <laughs> you got nothing. All right. Yeah. All right. What are we going to have for dinner? Nothing. Oh, very good. If you want to if you want to learn more about Luigi, you can follow him at Luigi underscore D'Introno. If you want to learn more about myself, uh, at um, Ravi is occupied both on Twitter. And follow the show on Twitter as well, at, at designbyus underscore FM. And also, if you want to support the show, uh, go to Patreon. Link in the show notes uh, and support us directly there every pound that we get goes directly back into the show and helping us make it better and more regular for you guys so thank you luigi yeah see you soon